Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. resurrection I want to do something I want to I want to do something special today something different today something that God stirred in my heart to do many of you hear my voice all the time I I was able to sit back a little bit and listen to last Sunday's message the culture of devotion and um, I, I want to encourage you to go back and hear it over and over and um I even text a brother here this week and I said I said, man, just like I was preached on Sunday, learning how to honor, learning how to honor what the Lord is doing in the presence of God in us and, and developing that culture. And um, I, I feel like that, I feel like that, that's going to be a, a special place for our church once we get there and once we learn how to honor that. I mean, go back to our podcast and listen to that. It was real special. But as I was really just thinking about <clears throat> getting together with you today on Easter and, and speaking on the resurrection, um, God stirred in my heart to have different voices speak to you today. Because you've heard, I'm going to speak to you today too. I'm going to share some things with you. Uh, but it won't be your, <clears throat> your normal, you know, 45 minutes to two hour message that I preach. But it'll be, it'll, it'll be mixed. <laughs> it'll be mixed. with. So if it goes longer today, I could actually blame the other people that are going to be speaking today. And say, it wasn't my fault. I told them to keep it short. So I have a scapegoat there. But, but I wanted to have other people share because this is, this is what I'm going to be um, emphasizing today. Uh, that if we are in Christ, if we're in Christ, if Christ is in us, and I'm going to say this so many times, don't get bored of it. Hear it until you learn it. Here it is. Resurrection is not a one-time occurrence in our lives. Resurrection is, is a constant thing that is happening in us. How many of you that Christ is in you could say amen to that? Resurrection is not just, oh, the day of my salvation. Resurrection is so much deeper than that. It's constantly what God is doing in me. Amen? There's a lot of you in here that God is doing something, and it's almost like I want to call every single one of you up here to grab the mic and share what, what resurrection looks like in your life. Um, but, but I want to go ahead and give some people a, a chance to do that uh, today and in, the, in, 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 and in the middle of my message and maybe towards the end of my message. I'm, I'm going to ask the first person to come up here and um, I'm going to ask you to give him a hand. I'm going to ask, um, we, we call him around here because it's such, so much cooler and um, I think it's just like a, 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 a powerful name. I'm going to ask Lucho uh, just to make his way up here and, and as Lucho makes his way up here, let him feel your, your resurrection welcome today. <laughs> and this is what I want Lucho to share. I, I want Lucho to share today um, what does resurrection look like in his life? And it could be so many things, but today he might just choose one thing to discuss on what resurrection looks like. And I want him to, to freely share that. Amen. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> Full house. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> okay, uh, I had to write this down because uh, I know how I speak, so it could take me the whole service. <laughs> So, well, to me, and we, was, we spoke yesterday uh, with Pastor Rigo, and, and I told him, yeah, I had had so many resurrections in my life, and, but I have the, the most important to me was getting baptized, and here's the reason why. I lived in Colombia for 44 years. I, I was uh, raised and in there. And yeah, you can say that I used to believe. I was, okay, yeah, God is there. Yeah, he loves me. It's okay. Uh, I was like a kind of warm. So yeah, I was okay with knowing that God and Jesus Christ were there. Um, But I was living far away from God. I would say comfortable at the time dealing with some um, fears and uh, depressions. I have to be honest, still, I'm struggling with it. 
And I thought that even though I was far away from God, he was always, and even Jesus Christ, they were <clears throat> always next to me, like waiting, okay? You know that you are there, you know that you believe, but you, know, you need to, to take another st step, the definitive, the definitive step. And I was always afraid to take that step because it's well like, okay, but what if? Maybe I'm going to miss something good. Maybe if I take the step to live in Christ, um, I'm going to miss the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my world. So in 2016, I came here to the United States for the first time. And at that time, my girlfriend, now my wife, she invited me to come to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. come on. And we got married here. <laughs> she invited me to come to New Life for the first time. For me, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I was sitting in the, in the, in the middle row, and I was singing the, the, the hymns, and I started crying and crying and crying. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was crying. crying. I, couldn't, I couldn't speak. I just was crying and crying and crying. And I told to myself, mm, this is what I'm missing. This is what I was missing. So then to make, <laughs> to make long story short, um, uh, I went back to Colombia and I came back by December. And we were supposed to get married. We were supposed to, no, we were, we were going to get married. And I told Astrid, okay, this is what we're going to do. First, I want to get baptized. And Pastor Regal told me, you don't need to do that. You, you, I, I, we, we can do the, the ceremony without the, the baptism. And I told him, and I told him, Astrid and Pastor Regal as well, no, I want to get baptized first. When, and... Well, we did it. We did it in January, so it's been like 15 months getting baptized. And yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. And 15 months later, I can tell you guys that it's more than I'll, it's more, there are more things that I have won than the thing that I lost, supposedly lost from, from the world. And I, I'm really, really, really grateful for, for, for that. And too close. This is a wrap. <laughs> I know myself. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the long part. Yeah, be grateful because I'm not doing this in Spanish. In Spanish, it could be worse. Longer, really, really longer. So, oh, well, and yeah, we're humans. Um, still, we're living in, in God. But anyway, sometimes we fall. And to me, I, I don't know if you, if you have heard this Toby Mac song, uh, I Just Need You. I used to sing that song every single day. So it's, it goes something like, when I'm down, um, when, uh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot this song. I used to sing this song every single day. Uh, it's, uh, remember, just kind of nervous. Uh, <clears throat> When, I, when I'm down, um, when my feet hit the ground, in my darkest days, when I'm losing faith, Lord, I just need you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Now he's going to say it in Spanish. <laughs> oh, praise God. So, so what he was saying was he knew, but then did you catch the, I began to experience something inside of me, and now I'm alive more than ever. I don't know if you guys caught that. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's give that one more hand, that testimony one more hand. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Again, I'm going to repeat this. If you're in Christ, if Christ is in you, Resurrection is not a one-time occurrence in your life. People who, who, you know, people who tend to be religious or traditional may not understand that. If you're living in this devotion with the Lord, resurrection is part of every day of our lives. And, and for many, 
For many, it's multiple times within a day. How many times have you heard that already today? Resurrection can be multiple times within a day. I heard a preacher that I listened to teach on resurrection life. And he was saying this, that, that we've had the wrong definition each time we hear resurrection or hear resurrection life. And we immediately, when we hear resurrection life or even eternal life, we immediately think of heaven. And we have the wrong definition of eternal life and resurrection life if we immediately think of it as heaven. Instead, it is Christ living in us, revealing and glorifying in us, transforming us to holiness, reflecting us to his image. He says this, and it's an agent of transformation by modeling every day of our lives a resurrected life. Resurrection life, eternal life, has more to do what is happening in you than when it does of you getting to heaven. It has more of what's happening inside of you. And, and I want to make sure we understand that before we leave here today. It's, it's something that is experienced in us. It's, it's something that we experience. It's not just spoken of. Many people speak of these things. You know that, right? I mean, they get degrees on these things. And they teach masses on it. They even write books. Many of them have thousands among thousands that flock to their lectures. But, 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 but not many have come to really experience that which they know. It's totally different to teach and preach of what you know. But also, also come to a place where I'm preaching and I'm teaching you. I want to show you something not that I just know. But that has rocked my life because I've experienced deep down inside my soul. It comes from a different place when you hear it from that kind of person. It comes from a, because it's almost like it's, it's, it's you're hearing the sound from heaven. You're hearing the voice of heaven. You're hearing the voice of the king through that person. Because it's not just a knowledge in their mind. It's an experience deep in their heart and in their soul. I want you to know today that your resurrection and your eternal life, it's not just about heaven. It's about what you're experiencing while here on earth. Matthew 16 and Luke 9 teaches us something very important. As, as, we, as we say that resurrection has more to do with what's happening inside of me and in me. It's experience, not just spoken of. But, but all these things is also through, everyone say through a process. Everyone uses that so openly, process. I'm going through a process. It's the process. But, but I want you to know what the process of eternal life or the process of resurrection in us looks like. Are you ready? It looks like this. Jesus resurrected, but he resurrected after death and burial. There was a death, there was a burial, but then came the resurrection. There is no way that Jesus was walking on earth and just skipped that death burial and entered into a lifestyle of resurrection. He went through the process of death and burial to then live out a life modeling it. This is what now resurrection looks like. And he appears to his disciples, he appears to over 500. And I love it because every time he appears, he's not appearing to the lost. When he appears, he's appearing to the beloved. He's appearing to his own. And I wonder that if the reason why he's appearing to his own has less to do with now winning the world, but it's to assuring the ones that he's left in this world now, now you do, you be who I am to this world. Because the whole reason why there's resurrection in you is that, well, Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father. No, Jesus walks in this earth. He does, yes, in who? In you, in the agents, those who have been transformed and have resurrection living in them. Jesus walks into your Jesus walks into your church every day. Why? Because if Jesus is in you, he comes in here. Jesus walks into your workplace every day. He walks into your workplace every day. How do I know that? Because you walk in there. I want you to understand that. I want you to get that today. Stop thinking about Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. He will. He does. He is. But he also sits in the throne of your heart. And wherever I go, Jesus is with me. Man, if you guys just understood that. Matthew 16 and Luke 9, he says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross once. Does not say once. Take up his cross daily. 
I mean, uh, we know what taking up your cross daily looks like. I die today. 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 Die daily. And then follow me. Did you see that? He doesn't say, if anyone will come after me, come follow me. But, but that, you see, it's very easy to preach that on a resurrection day. We could all come to Jesus. Let's just follow him. That is not the full gospel. The full truth is, you want to come to Jesus? Awesome. Deny yourself. Pick up his cross and then come and follow him. But you can't skip denying yourself and you can't skip picking up your cross daily to then follow him. The following me comes, comes with the process. The following me comes with the process of death and burial. The follow me comes with the process of deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. And then you follow me. But many, and we will not preach this. Hey, Jesus loves you all. He does. And he wants you all to follow him. He does. But, but on the journey to come and follow him, deny and pick up that cross daily. <laughs> Hallelujah. How can we celebrate resurrection and not mention a cross? Because the cross came on Friday. The burial was on Saturday. The silence of the burial was on Saturday. But the, the noise was heard on that resurrection on Sunday. I'm telling you. After, there's a, after the silence, there's a sound. There's a sound after the silence. You can't find life. And without those things, you, you, you can find life, eternal and resurrection life, but, but not with first entering that death and burial. I wrote this down. You must fully die in order to fully be alive. How many of you want to be more alive than ever today? And I say that with, an, with a serious smile in my heart, not just on my face. But how many of you really want to be alive more than ever today? Awesome. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't, I got to make sure I tell you this. It's going to come from fully being dead. So, so watch this. Welcome to your resurrection, but let's first have a ceremony of death and burial. I feel like we have to have three altar calls today. Let's have the first altar call of death. Who wants to die today? Don't come up. Some of you are. The second one, who wants to receive burial? Come on. And then the third one, we'll do this one at the end before we leave. Who wants to be resurrected? But, but you know... The beauty is, I, I believe that there's a beauty in that death and burial. The, what Tito shared last Sunday, there's a beauty in that death and burial that then allows us to honor the resurrection. I must fully die in order to fully be alive. I can't skip death and burial and just slide into resurrection. You'll never live in true honor of what resurrection life inside you looks like if you're not taken daily to the place you die. I won't honor that. I won't honor that. If not, Jesus is just someone that's cool to me. And Jesus is just someone that's trendy to me. And Jesus is just someone that's in style to me. And I will not justify my life to serve an image of a cool Jesus. An image of, a, of, a, of, of just this goofy Jesus. But, but, but there's a Jesus that, that takes us to a deeper place. A place where he says, but are you willing not just to live in me, but get to that place through denying and dying. To fully die to then be made alive. Rigo, you can't skip those things because you'll never really honor what resurrection life looks like. If not, I'll just be the thing. Wow. And I won't be the one. If you skip death and burial, I'll just be the thing. Give you resurrection, I'll just be the thing. But I don't want to be the thing. I want to be the one, the only one. Death. How many of you can say amen? Burial. Double amen, amen, amen. And resurrection. Amen, amen, amen. Death. Burial. Resurrection. So be it, so be it, so be it. <laughs> Hallelujah. John 17 
just to show you some, some things, and I'm going to ask someone else to, get, to come up now in a moment. <clears throat> Today's message is, is short because I just wanted to hit this one point today and, and, and not lose you on a million points today. But I want to share something from John 17. And I'm going to read verses 13 all the way through verse 19. John 17, verse 13, all the way to verse uh, 19 with me. And I'm going to read this from, from a translation, the Passion Translation. Look what it says. Verse 13, when you're there, give me an amen. It says this in John 17, 13. It says, but now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that, that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and it overflows. Verse 14. I have given them your message. <clears throat> and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world because I'm not of this world. 15. This is so good. I actually um, underlined this and bold this in my notes. Verse 15. I am not asking that you remove them from the world. But I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. Verse 16. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice. So that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. Man, what an amazing prayer Jesus gives off. This is Jesus' prayer, and I've just read, I just read one segment of it because it's much longer. This is Jesus' prayer, one segment of it, right before he is betrayed. Right before the whole experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he begins to enter into a prayer to the Father. And the prayer sounds very strange to the one who's really listening. Because he says this, if... If Jesus loves us and he's leaving, why wouldn't he want to take us? Verse 15 can be very strange to the one who hears this because he says, Father, I'm not asking you that you remove them from the world. So if he's not asking them, Father, to remove them from the world, what is he really telling? Lord, as you keep them here, keep their hearts. Lord, I'm gone. But... But it's to now live in them. So they, do you get what Jesus is saying? I'm leaving, but you can't come. Why can't we go with you? He tells that to his disciples. Where I go, you can't go yet, but I will be preparing a place for you. But, but there's a reason why he's telling them this. Where I'm going, you can't go yet, but I'm preparing a place for you. Because I still have something for you to do. You still have an objective. You still have a call, and that is what? It is to be Jesus here on earth. So he, he says this prayer and he says, he says, Father, I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I do ask you, guard their hearts from evil. <laughs> For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Let's put those two verses together. Let's skip the middle one. Ready? I am not asking you that you remove them from the world, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. It almost doesn't make sense. It almost doesn't make sense. Just think about that. He's telling Jesus that his followers no longer belong to this world, but don't remove them. Your word is truth. Make them holy by it. Now, verse 18, I've commissioned them now to represent me. Ambassadors now. As I have been an ambassador, as I've been sent by you, I've been commissioned to represent you. What is Jesus saying here? I came to earth to show the image of the Father. So as I go now, leave them here, keep their hearts so that they could show the image of the Son. And in showing the image of the Son, those will also see the image of the Father. My whole reason for being here was to show the image. And as I'm leaving to be with you, let them do it well. Don't bring them up with me. Keep them here. Guard their hearts. And I commission them now to do what I did well. Why? Verse 19. Why? Why all this? What is the purpose? What is he doing? Verse 19. So that they will live 
fully dedicated to God and be made holy. Man, be made holy by your truth. There, right here in this prayer, in this passage, there is resurrection life. And I want you to see Jesus' words. It does not sound like this. Do nothing and just wait to be taken up to heaven. Resurrection, eternal life, does not sound like do nothing and just wait for God to come. Christians are doing a better job waiting for the rapture than actually showing the image of Jesus in this world. What are we really called to do? Not wait for the rapture. It's to what? Be his image here on earth. How does that happen? Through resurrection living in me. Live the resurrection life. Don't just wait to be taken to heaven. But live it. Live the resurrection life. Not waiting for glory. But seeking his presence. So important that you listen to this. And finding the sweet glory. And making that your habitation. What we've been calling here in this family. What we've been calling home. For for about more than two years now. Making that home. Home is where his I thought I had more family members today. Home is where his, home is his presence living in us. We changed that whole saying not that long ago. Home is his presence in us. And then when we find that glory, not just waiting for glory, but find the place where I could live on earth and experience resurrection in me and experience glory living in me, that right there I could call that place home and say, I never want to get up from this place. As long as I'm here, I will be demonstrating the image of Christ and living in the glory of it. Why? Verse 19, that we will live fully dedicated to God and that we will be made holy by your truth. Come on, does Jesus not say in in it right there in verse 19? It's Jesus praying to the Father. Don't remove, don't remove them from the world, but guard their hearts from evil. evil. Keep them here. I've commissioned them to represent me as you commissioned me to represent you. Man, that's powerful. I think it's fitting to, to get into this passage. I'm going to read one more passage. It's found in John 11. I'm just going to go right through it, catch the main parts that I feel the Holy Spirit really wants to cause your heart to jump and skip a beat here. When you catch it, just say amen. Maybe when I read it, I feel like you'll catch it. John 11, 21 through 26. I'm going to read from the same translation. Martha, this is Lazarus is dead. Jesus' is friend. Martha and Mary's brother. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus are all siblings. One of the sisters, Martha, comes to Jesus, and she tells Jesus this. Ready? Martha says to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. Stop for a moment. Did you guys see that? My Lord, if you would have been here sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if you would have asked God anything, he would do it for you. It's almost like, thank God I'm not Jesus, you know, because it's a good point right there to say, do you not understand that before you I am the the exact representation, I am the image of God? My Lord, I know that if, if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. So what is Jesus? What's his reply? Because he's so much wiser than I am. His reply is, your brother will, will rise and live. <laughs> so good. If you would have just been here, he would be alive. He looks at her and says, he will be alive and and he will live. That phrase has nothing to do with heaven. When Jesus says, your brother will be alive and live, it has nothing to do with heaven. He's actually saying, on earth. (laughs) Your brother will live. He'll be alive. So she's thinking because she's, she's, she, she just doesn't get it yet. She's thinking something very important. She's saying, well, yes, I know he's going to rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Jesus was, was, was pouring into her heart. If you just catch this revelation, if you catch this insight of what I'm trying to show you here, your brother's going to live. He's going to be alive again. I know that. I know you're going to resurrect everyone. But I don't want, I'm talking about here on earth. And it's like Jesus looking at her nodding his head. It's like, I'm talking about here on earth. 
as it is in heaven. Hmm. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, I will rise with, he will rise with everyone on resurrection day. And then Jesus says, Martha, maybe, you, maybe you'll get it. You don't have to wait until then. <laughs> so good. You don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection and I am the life eternal. I am eternal life. And anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? What a powerful statement by Jesus. It's funny that you clapped. I'm wondering if Martha clapped that day. You know, right when he said that, if she just stood right in front of him and goes, it's good. That was good. I totally thought you were talking about heaven. So we're going to go get him? I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. If you would have just been here. No, your brother will rise and live. No, not, not talking about the day of heaven. Yeah, you don't have to wait until then. What, what does that mean? How can I put it to you? Standing before you is the one who the Father has given all authority, all dominion, all power. I don't know if you've heard the letters of the prophets of the Old Testament, but they've said that my name will be lifted up above every name. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I will come from the root of Jesse. The son of David will come. Man, this branch will begin to show fruit. And I'm standing before you fruitful to tell you that we don't have to wait until the day of eternal life and resurrection for your brother today to experience what resurrection and eternal life is. I'm telling you that what Jesus is telling to the church through this story is don't wait for heaven to finally live when heaven can live in you so that now you can finally live because he is resurrection and he is life. He's standing before the dead and the reason why he could operate and cause the dead to be made alive again is because the one that speaketh is the one that is resurrection and the one that is life. So all that is dead needs to be made alive. Why do you think even in the Old Testament when Elijah was taken to the valley of dry bones, the father told him, Elijah, can those bones live again? And he says, oh, Lord, only you know. And he says, tell those bones to live again. What was that? It was an amazing imagery there that was shown that the word was given to him to speak it to the bones. And that same authority has been given that the dead could be made alive because the same resurrection in life in the Old Testament is the same resurrection in life in the New Testament. That is why the prophet, when he was dead, they threw his bones and a dead man became alive again because upon him there was already resurrection and life living in him so dead men were uh, we always think like oh in the new testament it's all the miracles no it's not in the old testament a dead prophet made a man live again because he had resurrection in life we have resurrection in life you don't have to wait until then you don't have to wait until heaven you have you don't have to wait until resurrection day. Jesus gives this amazing revelation to everyone that can hear, that they shall hear this, that he is the resurrection and that he is eternal life. And then he says, he doesn't even end it there. He says that if you have faith that causes you to cling to him, you'll never die. That's funny. It's not just if you have faith in him, but if you have faith that causes you to cling. Many have faith and stop clinging. Many have faith and stop clinging. But I'm talking to the ones who have faith and are still clinging on to Jesus. You will live. You will live. He says it. They will have life. Remind me to tell you a story about that. If everything turns dark in here, amen, turn it back on. <laughs> My Lord is resurrection 
and life, and he's also light. So, so leave the light on. Leave the light on. You know, Easter Sunday, you can say anything, and you'll get an amen in the cloud. Next Sunday, next Sunday, I'll say the same thing, and I'll like, that's stupid. It's just cool because it's Easter. It's resurrection. All right, here we go. So let me share with you the story before I keep going. It's just fitting. I get a phone call at 8 in the morning saying, hey, we have um, all the lights are off and all the electricity and the AC is off. I said, that's going to be a great Easter service. <laughs> it's going to be great. People were already, Rudy was already brainstorming. Let's just take all the chairs outside and have an outside service. I said, dress like this. This is going to be great. <laughs> but then the Lord brought us to the problem. That, I don't know if it was someone or if it was accidentally. Someone decided to go outside, turn the switches off so that this building could be without power. Hopefully we wouldn't catch it. And I don't know if they did that, intended that on purpose so that we wouldn't have Easter service today, resurrection service. But God gave us knowledge and wisdom and understanding to go to that side and say, wait a minute, if the breaker's on and everything, maybe it's that corner thing over there and we turned it on. And the Lord said, let there be light, let there be resurrection. And who's the one that texted? Resurrection, let there be resurrection. Even in the lights and even in the AC. Amen. Think about how different today could have been without air. <laughs> we have a lot to be grateful for today, huh? Yeah, sure. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm, e- I'm resurrection and I'm eternal life. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to ask my brother Eli just to come and stand right next to me. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Looking very dapper today. <laughs> Amen. I am the resurrection and I am the life. If you have faith that causes you to cling to me, you'll never die. See, resurrection is not about a day. Resurrection is not about a future day that we're all waiting for. Leave here today knowing this. It's him. Resurrection is him. It's eternal life. It's resurrection life daily in me. And he's identifying me. He's transforming me. And he's causing me to reflect him in this world. How many of you could say amen? Resurrection in us may have this sole purpose right here. I'm, I'm, I'm really wrapping it, so I need you to, if, you, if you're going to hear anything, you always hear the, the preacher's last statements. Because that's when he wraps up the whole message. Resurrection in us may have just this sole purpose. It's not just to take us to heaven, but for us to remain in this world and change it one person at a time. Because there's a resurrection in us that gives evidence of Jesus. That as we live, we begin to establish his kingdom here on earth. Many of us are waiting for the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And he's saying, I have earth already, I have heaven already on earth in you. Why are you crying for heaven to come? It's, it's, it's happening in you. So bring the kingdom to earth. Have we ever looked at it that way? One pastor puts it this way. I'm going to quote him the best I can. It's one handful transforming another hand. Because Jesus didn't start with, with um, Jesus started with, with a small group and he kept it a small group. And I believe that the reason why he kept it a small group, he says, because if I just transform these, when I leave, they could transform another small group just like them, and they could develop. So he he didn't come for the masses. If you study Jesus' ministry, he actually ran away from the masses. He went up to a mountain. He went into a boat. Very, very weird. Because if we're starting to establish our kingdom on earth, we would take advantage of every moment that we have. We only have three years. Let's go ahead and preach to the thousands. But Jesus says, I'm going to run away from the thousands. I just need you 12 to just shh, shh, listen to this and become this. So he's speaking to, and, and it, almost get, it almost gets me going. I, like, I love this family, and I'm learning to love, and I, and I say this very, you can ask me questions about it, by what I mean by this, but I'm, 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 I, I don't know if I should say I'm starting. I'm really falling. I really love this family more these days than I ever have the last 10 years. It wasn't even meant for an all. <laughs> it was meant for the purpose of if this family could get it, this handful, 
could transform another handful. Could transform another handful. Could transform another handful. Could tra- so I'm going to, I forgot what the pastor says. Let's go ahead and quote it the way he says it. He says it this way. One handful transforming another handful that transforms another handful, transforming another handful, transforming another handful until his kingdom and our king reigns on this earth. It didn't take an army to change the world. It took 11, then they added a 12, and then many grew from there to change the world. I'm telling you today, if you think that changing this city is to growing into a bigger church, you lost the power that is in you. Bigger church does not mean you have bigger influence. More activities does not mean you have greater influence. He had 12 men that changed the world and we're reading and we're teaching their letter. We're reading and we're teaching their letters today. Do you understand that? They're the, they're the fathers of Judeo-Christianity. When we get to the New Jerusalem, let's just talk about heaven for a moment. When we get to the New Jerusalem, pillars of the New Jerusalem will have their names on it. Not the thousands. 12 men. Man, Eli... Hallelujah. Yeah, man. Where do I even go from here? I think he said it all. Um, Rico, Rico asked me to share, and what he asked me to share, he's like, oh, what is the Lord resurrecting in you? And the first thing that came to my heart was forgiveness. And uh, that's what a uh, resurrection looks like for me. Um, how many of you guys, by show of hands, have been hurt before and you found it difficult to forgive? By show of hands. You're going to relate to this story. I'm going to try to condense what I, have, what I wrote down, but I really think that you guys are going to relate to it. Um, the reason why I say that is because, personally, I've always had a hard time forgiving people, especially when you hurt me. Um, I'm going to share with you guys a story, and then I'll, I'll close up. But I don't want to take too much of your time because I think we go set it all. But when I was 20 years old, I had a best friend, right? And he introduced me to this girl. So I started dating her for a little while. Um, to make a long story short, I found out that she cheated on me with my best friend. So ever since that happened, I had a very hard time forgiving her and forgiving him. I'm talking about a year, a whole year, 365 days passed, no, no calls, no texts. And they moved on. Best friend moved on. The girl started dating somebody else. And I'm still here, just like waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting to forgive. So I found it very difficult to move forward. And this happened before I came to Christ. And then once I came to Christ, I realized that when you look at that cross, you realize how much you've been forgiven. So who am I to hold back the forgiveness to someone else? Amen. You guys are with me? So once I realized that, you know, the Lord brought me closer to some friends and through people. um, I realized that I had to forgive. So, you know, I called the girl up, like, look, you know, like, I know it's been a long time. I'm sorry that I just cut you off. I didn't even break up with her. It was just no calls, no text, no nothing. That's how much pride and unforgiveness I had in my heart. So I called her up, and I'm like, you know what? I just pray I hope you could forgive me because I held this on for a very long time, and I feel like there's a release off my shoulders today. So I want to share with you all forgiveness because I don't know what you guys are carrying, but I know a lot of you guys raise your hand, and maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness. But I can tell you one thing, when you look at that cross that's up there and you realize how much the Lord has forgiven you, your glory is found in forgiving him. The Bible says it is 10 man's glory in Proverbs to forgive an offense. And if, if you dive more into that, that means I forgive, meaning that I, I release, I let go, resurrect forgiveness in your life. So I'm going to share with you guys a couple verses and then I'll close up the story on where I'm at today. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, and as while yet we will still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you when you were in your most worst state, when we disobeyed him. We all fell short. Right there is when he died for you. Right there he was saying, I forgive you and I love you. What you did, I forgive and I let go. The Bible says he puts your sins behind his back. He remembers them no more. Amen? So, in closing, the Bible calls us to be imitators of God to be like Jesus here on earth, like what Regal was sharing. So I found to realize that, that my glory is actually forgiving and it's actually moving forward. So 
if you fast forward my life, that happened when I was 20. Here I am, now I'm 32. I just turned 32 years old. And here I am right again. Okay, now I'm faced forgiveness in the face again. I went through a divorce. I went through a very hard time of divorce. And it hurt really bad. And what I realized that was, I said that I forgave. Check this out. But did I really forgive in my heart? It's easy to say, hey, look, you know what? I forgive you because I know it's the right thing to do. But can I really be like, you know what? I really forgive you. I'm going to act like I didn't even see it. That's what forgiveness is. I'm going to act like I didn't even see it. And if I did see it, I'm going to forgive it and let it go. I think that's what forgiveness is. And when you look at the cross, you see how much he's done it for you. All I can do is forgive. So here I am now, 32 years old. I'm divorced. I'm single. And I've been through very hard moments in my life. And, but you know what's so cool about the Bible and about the Lord? That the Bible says he's close to those who are brokenhearted. So, yeah, the people who might have hurt you, all you guys raise your hands. I think the whole, everybody in the sanctuary raise your hands. Yeah, they might have hurt you, but notice one thing. The Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. He's really near. God is love. Love is close to you. It's more closer now than it ever was before. But I think what's key is, it's coming. Like Origo was sharing and coming and saying, look, Lord, I'm here. I see how much you've forgiven me. You know what? It's time to let this go already. It's been too long. Yeah, the pain hurts. And I may have made my mistakes and things may have gone south. But you know what I could do? I could forgive and let it go. And I could actually love the person who actually hurt me the most. And I could look out for their welfare. That's what forgiveness is. So what, I, what I'm telling you today, what resurrection looks like for me, the Lord is resurrecting me. Where? In unforgiveness. And he's doing a mighty work in me. And I'm still on that path. But like he's saying... I'm resurrected. Why? Because the Lord resurrects me. And now the same spirit that resurrected Jesus now lives in me. So now I can smile today. Yes, I've been through some tough times, and maybe you have too. But you know what? The Lord forgives you. He forgives me. So now what do you do? Now you go forgive others. That's where your glory is found in Proverbs. Amen? That's it. Hey, come on. Hey, come here. Hallelujah. He's got a grace about him, right? He'll be preaching in a couple weeks, maybe. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) But, um, you see, if you know him personally, he has um, authority to say that, which is totally different. Um, Because he mentioned the story of his past before knowing Christ but there's, a st- there's many stories but there's also a story that he's speaking of that it's happened as he's known Christ and experienced Christ and yet he was taken through a fire and today to see him standing up here while being taken through a fire and saying those words I don't have the weight that he has when he says it Like when he says those things, I say, how? (laughs) It's got to be what he's really saying. It's got to be that resurrection stuff. It's got to be that forgiveness. It's got to be. And and that's an honor because I feel like that's what the church is made up of, you know? And I feel like Eli's story, Lucho's story, and so many others, our stories are made up of things like this. And um, I, I think that's a beautiful thing that... I would probably say the story with Christ is worse than the story of the one without Christ. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because that's the reality of the faith that we live. Your story with Christ might get a whole lot more difficult. Because now you're with Christ. This whole teaching of when you're with Christ, everything gets better? No. Everything might just get worse. Happy Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> but I don't know if you heard it. In everything getting worse, I've become better. Because I've given him his place. That is powerful. hope they get it (laughs) I hope we got it 
Stand with me. Thank you, brother. That was good. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and sing a song. And um, then we could go. But um, let, let this resurrection live in us. Maybe you need to come up and, and say, I just need prayer. I need to go through death and burial to find my resurrection. Listen, you're, you're more than free to come up here. We'll pray with you. Maybe something that Lucho, something that Eli said, touched your heart. You could come up here. We'll pray for you. Maybe you need this resurrection life in you, this eternal life in you. Maybe you're one that has been waiting to get to heaven and you've missed it, that heaven wants to get into you today. Then you could come up to the front. We will pray for you. I don't want to force an altar call. I don't want to force to pray for you, but if you feel like you need prayer, we're going to give some time of ministry right now. And you could come up here and you could receive some ministry. And you could receive some prayer. If you're fine, if you're well, resurrection is living in you, then, then let's worship him with evidence that resurrection is living in us. And let's come before him and give it to him. Let's worship him in that resurrection truth that's living in us. If you say you have eternal life, let's worship with that eternal life living in us. So let's go ahead and seek him and let's sing a song to our beloved. And the altar is open if you need, if in, if you need it to be in your life. Hallelujah.